Well, again, it's our great privilege to have the Norns with us uh, this weekend. And uh, we first uh, met them at a fire conference back in the year 2011. And we just heard Daniel's passion for the gospel in Sweden and thought this is a work uh, that we want to support and uh, partner with in that regard. And we've had the blessing of doing that uh, for about the last 10 or 11 years. So Daniel has uh, been with us uh, this morning for the adult Sunday school class. And again, just a reminder, if you missed it and would like to hear his presentation of what the Lord is doing in Sweden and also their vision for what they are praying for God to do in Sweden, well then please let me know and I'll pass on a link for you and you can uh, listen to that as well. And we're very blessed to have uh, Daniel preaching to us this morning. So in uh, Christian love, we want to welcome our brother from Sweden to come and minister the Word of God to us. So God bless you, Daniel. Thank you. It's a great joy to have the freedom to be able to be back here again. And so nice to, to be able to, to sing with you. Before we open the Word of God together, let me introduce three real people that I myself know or have met. First out is Muhammad, who is an Arab from a village in northern Syria. There are no known Christian in his family or village. And before I met him, he did not have access to the Bible. The whole Middle East and North Africa are full of men, women and children who are born, live and die without getting to know Jesus. Person number two is called Shania from Somalia. She lived in one of Gothenburg's immigrant areas with her husband and two children. And it's an area just like the one we moved into when we started to church plant in Gothenburg. When Shania lived in Sweden, she never heard about Jesus. The immigrant area where she lived in our city in Gothenburg and, and the whole, whole of Sweden is filled with men Women and children were born, live, and die without getting to know Jesus. And so are Oklahoma City. When we came last night, we, we saw a building and my wife asked me, what type of church is that? And no, it had a moon, half moon on top. It's a mosque. So there are people in this city were born, live, and die without getting to know Jesus. And then we have person number three. We grew up in a non-denominational church in Sweden and whose testimony was, I love Jesus, I want to follow him, but the Bible feels too difficult to understand uh, to be able to, to spread it further. This person is not alone. Evangelical churches are full of men, women, and children who lack understanding of, of the Bible and who have not been equipped to pass it on to others. What do Muhammad, Shania, and the church person have in common? And what does that have to do with, with you and, and me here today? 
Let us go to the last words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. So Matthew 28. The last words that someone says or or writes are often some of the most important things they have to say. And there is uh, something that we as Christians often ignore and need to take seriously. So let's read together from Matthew 28 and verse 18 to 20. So Matthew 28 and verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the privilege to to open your word. We thank you for the freedom that we have to do so. And I pray that we really would take to heart what's written in this text. And, and that you would use each one of us to fulfill the great commission. We pray that your son, Father, would be glorified among us. Speak to us in your word through your Holy Spirit. May it come alive for us, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's pay attention to three things in our text. What, why, and how. So first of all, what? In verse 19, Jesus gives the disciples, and even indirectly to us, a command. Make disciples of all nations. What what does this mean? The word to make disciples has to do with learning. So simply to learn Christ. To learn and and to grow in, in following Him. This is not a one-time event. But becoming a disciple, it begins from the moment a person, moment a person is saved from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of Jesus that we can read about in Colossians 1.13. And then, it's a process in which one is trained and equipped to follow Jesus. And that's something that continues for all of our lives. As Christians, we are not called to just make converts and stop there, which is so popular today, but to make disciples. Jesus did not just proclaim that one should believe or or make a decision, but repentance and the cost of discipleship. That we need to be ready to deny ourselves and then to follow and grow with him. So it was this comes clear in the rest of the New Testament. For example, in in Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 12, we see how the leaders of the church task is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So every Christian 
you and me included, have a task to be involved in building up the body of Christ and and to help others to learn and, and to follow Jesus. We want to see people come from darkness to light. And then to continue to grow in their their faith and relationship with Jesus. So that they, in their turn, can help others to do this. Do you remember person number three? I never mentioned a name. It was me. It was not until I was in high school before I was helped to grow in discipleship and to to understand the Bible and to step by step be equipped to help others to follow Jesus. And I'm extremely grateful to those who took the time to help and and to teach me. Making disciples, it can be done in in so many different ways. Like, for example, in in a sermon like this, but also in a countless ways, such as to meet one-to-one, to to read the Bible. It can also happen through the Word of God, even when we're not able to open it. Such as when we talk to a neighbor or a friend about the Gospel, or when you speak to your children about the Bible or, or in faith as you're driving your car, or when you talk to a brother or sister in a difficult situation to to encourage them, encourage them to hold on and, and to follow Jesus and in God's way. It simply has to do with, with the help of the Word of God to help people to take a step in the right direction, to, to follow and, and to walk with Jesus. To make disciples is something that's for all Christians. And we can do it in in so many different ways. You have a task here to make disciples in the ways that God has gifted and equipped you. Each one of you. Maybe you can have a coffee with a non-Christian co-worker or an ice cream with a classmate with a goal to introduce to them the gospel or to read the Bible one-to-one. Or maybe you can call or, or visit a Christian friend who is going through something difficult to, to encourage him or her. Or why not? Meeting a Christian friend to, to read the Bible together, to, to pray and to challenge each other to grow on your journey with Jesus. So we are all called to make disciples. The second thing we see about Jesus' command is that we should make disciples of all nations or people groups. That is also can mean. Originally, when Jesus said this, it had to do with making not only disciples of Jews, but of all peoples, Jews included. Already in Genesis 12, verse 3, Abraham was promised that all the families, literally all the clans or tribes will be blessed through him. And this through the gospel, the good news of Jesus. 
But we will tell about Jesus to Muhammad's tribe in Syria. When it comes to making disciples of all peoples, we are really lacking as Christians. If you look at mission statistics, depending on how you count, there are about 12,000 ethnic groups in the world. And of them, more than half, around 7,300 are unreached. And of those, it's estimated that there is no attempt even to reach and plant churches among 3,100 ethnic groups. More than a quarter of the world's ethnic groups. We as Christians, we have neglected and ignored Jesus' words. And, and due to the, the refugee crisis, many of those ethnic groups have, have come to you here in America and to us in Sweden. Of the world's almost 195 countries, depending on how you count, 144 of them are represented in the area we moved into to plant a church. And, and most of them, they come from the least reached. Who will tell them about Jesus if not us? We will share the gospel with Shania and other Somalis in our area as well as in the major cities here in America. Even two days ago we, we stopped at a playground in, in rural, rural Kansas and there was a Somali family at the playground. We will share with them if not us. Who should share the gospel with Muhammad's fellow citizens who, because of the refugee crisis, have come to America and Sweden if we do not do it? Do you realize what a great mission we have to, to make disciples of all peoples and how neglected it is both in our own surroundings and to the ends of the earth. What can you do and how can you be a part right now in making disciples of all nations and people groups even here in Oklahoma City? So we have now looked on first of all what? Secondly, why? Why then should we make disciples of all people? And here I'm thinking about three things under why. First of all, in the wider context of chapter 28, we see that the resurrected Christ is being revealed. And as people meet him, we see a pattern first with a woman at the grave, how they see and then how they worship the resurrected Jesus and how they are then asked to go and tell about him. And then the pattern is being repeated with his disciples. How they see and worship the Christ. The risen Christ. And then they are asked to go and tell about him. So first of all. Because Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And if you have met him. 
you have become a witness to Jesus and thus been commissioned to go and tell about him. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17, Paul says that if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. But he has really risen and has changed our lives. And therefore we have a message to go and tell others. When it comes to Shania from Somalia, she and her family, they, they settled in England like many, uh, and like many Muslims who come to faith, it started with a, a dream about Jesus, where she said that in the dream she heard these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, and she had no idea where it came from, so she googled it and discovered that it's from the Bible. And after a while, through the contact of Christians, she came to faith. The risen Jesus changed her life. And now she and everyone who meet, met the risen Christ have been called to testify about him. So the first reason why we should make disciples of all peoples is because Jesus is risen indeed. Sing, sing, hallelujah, as the hymn goes. The resurrection, it's not a fairy tale, but instead it proves that the Christian message is true. It proves that God the Father accepted Jesus' death on the cross as the payment for the sins of his people and of what Jesus said that it's really true. Reason number two and three why we should make disciples of all nations, we are given in, in the beginning and end of the so-called uh, Great Commission. Just like if uh, now in, a, in our America, like the loaves of a hamburger, so on both sides of the burger, so to say. So reason number two, we, we read about in, in verse 18, then Jesus came and spoke to them saying, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So Jesus, he has received all authority in heaven and on earth. And because of this, it says in the beginning of verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So Jesus has been given all power in heaven and on earth. And therefore we get his mandate to go and tell all people. It is impossible for us to save people. But Jesus, he is able. With his blood, yes, in Revelations 5 verse 9, ransomed people from every tribe, every language, every people and nation. And these are the ones he has called us to reach. Even those who might feel like it's impossible to reach. When Paul was in, in, in Corinth in Acts 18 and, and faced a lot of opposition, the Lord appeared to him in a vision where he said, and the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid. 
But go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. When the Lord said this. That he has many in this city. They have not yet come to faith. And the Lord he has also prepared a people here in Oklahoma. In Sweden and to the ends of the earth. Whom he has purchased by his blood. But who have yet not come to faith. Jesus is able to save. He has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And therefore we can go and make disciples of all people and nations. So the first reason why we can make disciples. It's because Jesus really has risen. And that we have met the resurrected Christ. So that we have become his witnesses. And secondly we saw That the second reason is because he has been given all authority. And the third reason why we should make disciples we get in verse 20. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Since he is with us every day until the end of time, we can go and make disciples of all people. Jesus is risen, he's all-powerful, and he's with us, and he helps us. So what are we waiting for? John Stott has said the well-known words, His authority on earth earth allows us to dare to go to all the nations. His authority in heaven gives us our only hope of success. And his presence with us leaves us no other choice. So what do we wait for? First of all, we have given, been given and we, we know what our mission is. Secondly, we know why we should do it. So thirdly and lastly, how then should we do it? So what, why and how? We've already mentioned that we're commanded to make disciples. Simply to help people learn about Christ. To get to know him. And to grow in following and making him known. To help people with God's word. To take a step in the right direction. To follow and walk with Christ. In Matthew 28 verse 19 to 20. We're further told how we do this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Here in the text we are given three so-called participles who help us to further understand it. Going, baptizing, and teaching. So first of all, by going. After the woman at the, the tomb heard that Jesus had risen, they were encouraged by the angel to go and tell. And on the way, they met the risen Christ, who also urged them to go and tell. 
And this also applies to us. If we are able, if we are to be able to make disciples, we must take first a step, we must go. The woman at the tomb, they, they only had to go into the city to tell the disciples. In the area where Shania lived in Gothenburg, which is very similar to her own area, I know that there are people who actively reach out with the gospel, but she never heard it. In the area where she ended up in, in England, she had a neighbor who dared to take a step and go to her. And invited her to, to her church. Do we go to our neighbors? Do we go to our friends, classmates and, and colleagues? Do we go to the unreached people in our areas? In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus told his disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come up on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And we can apply this principle to us with the importance of being witnesses and making disciples by going and telling about Jesus. Both wherever we live in our Jerusalem, in our Judea, like here, that's your Jerusalem, your Judea, Oklahoma City, in Samaria, the United States, and to the ends of the earth. So we are called to go and make disciples of all peoples. But if we cannot cross the street or to the apartment or house next door to share about Christ, then how can we cross the sea? Who exactly can, can you go to? Maybe you have a neighbor like Shania who has never heard the gospel. Maybe you can go to Syria to reach out to the people of Muhammad. Or why not starting to reach out today to those whom God is sending in, in your path here in Oklahoma City? Maybe there's, there's somebody sitting next to you right now who just like I did, just this longing. The second thing that we see here is go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And you have the joy of having a baptism coming up or two here. Baptism is important. It's an important part of making disciples where those who come to faith publicly shows that they want to follow Jesus. This is at the same time as, as the church with its members when they baptize somebody, they show that this is a person that they really believe have come to a genuine faith and repentance. In the Gospel of Matthew, we can read about how Peter and the opposite. If a person refuses to repent of their sin, even um, though the one they have sinned against has pleaded with them, and then one and two others, and then finally the whole church, if that person still does not want to repent, then Jesus, but at baptism, 
It is the other way around, that a person's conversion is confirmed. And when there are churches have the mandate with its leaders to confirm a person's bull who baptize until churches are established, and then the baptism will be through the local churches, that they confirm the faith of the newly converted. And this is not amazing to see when people are baptized. For me personally, it's such a joy to witness when people take a stand to, to follow Jesus. When we get back to Sweden, we will have the joy of having a few baptisms in, in the lake. So we're really looking forward to that. The command to make disciples of all nations does not end here. We're not only called to, to go and, and to baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But thirdly and lastly, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. The very word disciple and making disciples, it has to do with learning. So we should not just baptize people and then move on. But an important part of discipleship is to teach them to keep all that I have commanded you. We cannot just disengage baptism from learning, but the two, they belong together. If we baptize, we must also take our responsibility very seriously to teach the one we baptize to keep all that Jesus has commanded. And learning, it can happen in so many different ways. Both one-to-one, in small groups, and like this in, in the public preaching of the Word of God. That we actively are learning and, and following Jesus. And the Bible, it makes no distinction between a genuine believer and a disciple. Jesus, he was also calling non-Christians to become disciples. Discipleship, it's not like an extra step on the Christian journey, but it starts with repenting and coming to faith, and then it continues for the rest of a believer's life that we are learning to walk and, and to grow with God. Something that is often missed when we, we look at the Great Commission, it's the church. The church's role in all of this. It's local churches who send out Christians to go and make disciples by baptizing and, and teaching them to keep all that Christ has commanded. And the goal of this is to gather disciples in new churches who continue to do the same, to make disciples of all peoples. This really needs to be a focus for us too, in collaboration with others, to be able to participate and see churches started, and especially among the least reached, both here in your Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. There are still many, many people who have not yet been reached with the gospel. The Great Commission is really something that we as Christians, to a great extent, 
have neglected and ignored. We have met Muhammad, who's an example of the unreached people of the world. We've met Shania, who is an example of unreached people in our own cities. And we have met, as a young person, me, who can be an example of the many people who have never been discipled in our churches. What can we do together and as individuals to actively make disciples of all peoples, and especially those who have not yet been reached? What can you do to reach people like Muhammad? Many times it's difficult to get in and stay in countries like his. Maybe you're an engineer, or a nurse, or a doctor, or maybe you have some other special uh, competence. Or maybe you can get trained and get a special skill so that you can live in a hard access country. I remember a few years ago, a lady, when we lived in Tunisia, she really wanted to come to Tunisia, but the missions organization didn't accept her because she had too much uh, school loans. And then somebody recommended her, why don't you go to the Gulf instead and work as a nurse there? And um, she did that, it paid off all of her school loans, and she could be a light and witness for Christ in Saudi Arabia. Maybe that's you. Maybe some of you are here. Imagine going to Saudi Arabia where there's hardly no Christian at all with, with your work. And maybe some of you just graduated out of high school. Why not think? Maybe if I will be trained as in some special way and you could get into some of the hardest countries and reach the people there with the gospel. What can you do to reach Shania, people like her, in your surroundings? Maybe to invite them home for food or offer to help them to, to build bridges to reach out. What exactly can you do to reach the unreached? And what steps can you take to, to know your neighbors, to get to know them so that you can share with them? What can you do to, to, to disciple and equip ordinary Christians like me a few years ago to start growing, be established and, and be equipped to be able to equip others? Who can you start to read the Bible with and help them on their journey of faith with Jesus? There are countless of opportunities to, to reach out and, and to train disciples. So what are we waiting for? We are called to make the disciples of all nations. We can do this because Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And because he is all Ways with us until the end of the age. So what are we waiting for? Let's go. Let's, as a church, baptize and teach them to keep all that Christ has commanded us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this wonderful passage. And at the same time, we want to 
confess that we, to such a great extent, have neglected the, the Great Commission. Forgive me this past week for not sharing with those Somalis when there could have been an opportunity, Lord. We thank you that it's all by grace that you have saved us. And it's all by your grace that you are equipping us to serve us. So I pray that you would help each one of us to open our eyes and and to see people around us. Where we are at, or neighbors and people that we meet in the grocery store and the gas station and and at, or work, Lord. Help us to share the, the truth and to to help each one one of us to, to grow in our walk with you, to be able to proclaim about your glorious gospel. We thank you for this church and we thank you for their great partnership and the great blessing that they are for people in this city, throughout America and the world, Lord. I pray that you would continue to use them mightily, Lord, and that you would continue to send people in their path from you are drawing to yourself. May your name be lifted up and glorified. We pray. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I uh, certainly feel challenged. And we thank the Lord, uh, Daniel, for doing that uh, from the Scriptures to challenge us. Uh, we have the message. We have the Gospel, right? We have the power. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the task to go out and preach and make disciples of all the world. And we just need the grace to go. Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. And now may the Lord of the harvest give you and me the grace to respond to this great commission and go forth to be the light of the world, sharing the gospel of life to those living in darkness and death. May God use us for His glory. Amen. God bless you.